Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning and good afternoon to our East Coast listeners out there. Welcome to this wonderful Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Thomas Terry, and by my side today, I have my producer, Kobe Jackson, my co-host, J.P. Flanagan, and Taylor Quinn. We've got a great one on tap for you guys today as we'll give you the rundown on Bobcat's recent outings and NBA playoff basketball, which is in full swing, and it's given us a lot of content for days on end. We'll break it down for you to the bone and coming up after a word from our sponsor. Take it away, Taylor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Taylor. Now let's get into it. Today's date is April 19, 2023, which means it's National Garlic Day for you guys that don't know. Ooh, I love garlic. Yeah, so I just want to get it started. You know, what's y'all favorite places to get garlic parmesan wings from? I, I'm not really big of garlic parmesan wings. I'm more of just regular old buffalo wild buffalo wings myself. But I mean, garlic is one of those things that I love to consume. And honestly, you can't you can't have enough garlic in your life. Just saying. I'm going to go Twin Peaks, honestly. I had their Twin Peaks Parmesan wings, pretty fire. I, it's been a while, but, I mean, definitely recommend for anyone out there. I'm not the biggest wing person, but I really like Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo if I want a good wing, wing I'll, I'll have some from there. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings is pretty good, and they just introduced a new flavor called Honey Garlic, so don't Ooh, sleep perfect. on that one. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of garlic and things that kind of make you cry just like onions, Texas softball's record <laughs> right now. They're on a four-game losing streak. They're sitting at 26-18-1, which isn't entirely that bad, but they're coming off a shutout, shutout loss versus Louisiana 0-7. Now, guys, did we did we catch up on this series, this previous series? What are we, what are we thinking, Kobe? I mean, I was we were keep me and Bill Cohane were keeping up with the with the score in the final game of of the series when we were calling uh, Texas State baseball. And I mean, l- let me remind people: this is the same Louisiana Ragin's Cajuns team that beat the Bobcats in the Sun Belt Conference Championship this past last year. So obviously, you know, them coming into the season, they're like, okay, you know, we got past the Sun Belt Conference Championship. Could have went to the World Series, but unfortunately got beat. But I bet you this is what probably what the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns were thinking this past year. But if you're the Bobcats, I mean, that was a very tough series. Obviously losing game one. Game two was actually kind of different. Bobcats were leading that one two to nothing. And then all of a sudden the bats just got hot with this Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns team. And they end up winning uh, five to two. And then obviously the Sunday game that me and Bill kept our eyes on where they got beat seven to nothing. I mean, that was that was a very tough, tough series for uh, for the Bobcats, I know they were using three pitchers throughout the ball game: Tory McCann, Jessica Mullins, and I believe it was Carson Pierce that was uh, towing the rubber for the Bobcats pitching lineup. But I mean, that was a very, very, very tough series for the Bobcats, and you know they have a big time game coming up uh, tonight, which we'll get into in just a minute. But I mean, that was very, that was a really, really tough series. Yeah, that was a hard series against the Cajuns. Obviously, the Sun Belt Conference looks different this season. There's three new teams, you know, James Madison, Marshall. So it's looking a lot different for Texas State. Obviously, in the preseason pools, they were ranked second. So, you know, I think a big thing is errors, especially last game. They had so many errors. And, you know, if they want to be a- um, A&M tonight, I feel like they 
they need to fix those errors and get some hits. Yeah, I mean, ideally at this stage of the season, you'd like to see this women's softball team, you know, make some improvements and, you know, not go on these four-game skids. But these are tough teams. Louisiana Raging Cajuns, as we've already mentioned, is one of the top teams in the Sun Belt right now. And that's a team that everyone who, you know, gets to play is, you know, thinking that they might come out with a loss. So, I mean, a great team. Um, but what needs to happen is really just this Texas State team, as you mentioned, Taylor, the errors need to go down. And really to have any success against this A&M team, I mean, you're going to have to be playing your best brand of softball. And um, how can you do that after coming off a three-loss series? I mean, you've gotten to see a lot of your mistakes. And really just can you learn from them in like a week span? And I think that's something this Texas State team has been able to show this season, beating some of the upper-level opponents. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to get back in track soon so that they can make the postseason. Yeah, and as I mentioned, you know, Texas State will be taking on the A&M Aggies, I had to remember their mascot for a second there <laughs> in College Station. But A&M ranked number 25. They are also on a losing streak on their own right now. Although being ranked number 25, they just lost a series and got shut out as well in the final game against South Carolina 0-8. to So, I mean, when you look at this team, Texas State loses 0-7 seven, to seven, and A&M, both of them on losing streaks. It's a get-right spot for either team that which has the opportunity to kind of corrected and get ready there yeah and I can let me kind of piggyback off that a little bit because when you're both when both teams have losing streaks it's kind of interesting to see which team will have probably the better opportunity for their chances to win and to me just from the strength of schedule looking to me it's the Bobcats because obviously the Bobcats are coming off that tough loss against uh, the Longhorns this past uh, uh, last week and then obviously this weekend series against Louisiana so to me if you're looking at schedule base I think Bobcats have a kind of a little bit of advantage to possibly try to get a win, but at the same time, they are in College State, College Station, and College Station is one of those areas that you got to really got to be careful because the Aggies for baseball and softball are actually really good in their in their department. So honestly, the Bobcats really need to come full swing and try to get a win. Yeah, and the last time these two teams matched up was last year on March 9, twenty twenty two. The Bobcats lost four to one in College Station, but I want to ask, what do they need to do specifically to make sure that they can get a win, perhaps over college, over A&M, and then maybe even going into the next series against a conference opponent, which would be ULM coming up? Well, I think this season arguably is one of the Bobcats' best pitching staffs, and I think they need to use that to her advantage. You know, Jessica Mullins has been great. She's setting all these career records for Texas State, and I think their pitching is their strong suit, and I think that's what helped them win. Well, for me, to me, I would, I mean, I, 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 agree, I agree with that statement, but at the same time, I think their batting lineup also needs to improve a little bit more because, I mean, there's been past games that I've called and, you know, that other people have called where they have had a lot of trouble getting the, the ball on the bat. And honestly, it's kind of really has kind of shown it this past uh, this past week. But I mean, I think that's kind of really been the story of this Bobcat team. And, you know, just looking at the stats and stuff, Sarah Vanford leading the team in home runs this season right behind her is Katarina Zarate. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of great hitters on this Bobcat team. It's just that they just need to capitalize on their hitting production, just try to get more run scored than they have. And honestly, if they can do that, then I think they'll have a really strong possibility of beating uh, the A&M Aggies. And Kobe, you talk about hitting and everything with the home runs. But as we talk about with baseball as well, you know, winning the game of baseball, it's outside of mm -hmm. just home runs and everything. It's being, being able to get those knocks out into deep deep uh, outfield and everything being able, being able to get on base. And so mm -hmm. when you look at Hannah Earls, who's still hitting, she's been productive all year long, 300, 343 from the plate. Sierra Trahan batting 314 and Piper Randolph 306. Those numbers, they're a little, I don't want to say misleading, but <laughs> at the same time, 
you got to be consistent yeah. in the way that you hit and get on base. And so we're going to we're going to really need that hitting coming out of these Absolutely. shows coming up. But we are going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back as we discuss some Texas State baseball as well as some national news on top. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to KTSW Radio on 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio. This is Thomas Terry alongside J.P. Flanagan, Taylor Quinn, and Kobe Jackson. We are now going to get into some Texas State baseball, which is kind of the absolute opposite of Texas State softball right now. They are riding a five-game winning streak. City at 25-13 and 13 on the year, 9-6 and six in conference play. And last night, they got a chance to avenge an early season loss against number 25-ranked UTA, UTSA last night, 5-3. to three. So, Kobe, I know you were into this game a lot, and I know you probably have a lot to say about it, right? I do, and honestly, this, to me, because what's crazy is it made local news, at least this local San Antonio news, for those who are from the San Antonio area, KSAT 12 is the, like, ABC local channel 4 uh, for San Antonio, and that, and surprisingly, the Bobcats made local news in San Antonio last night as they went on to victory against the Roadrunners on the final score of five to three. I mean, what an absolute! What first of all, what a great game first of all, and honestly, this game really had a lot of controversy. We all, I saw, we saw um, the head coach for uh, UTSA get tossed in the sixth inning, which to me was kind of, I believe it was off. I want to say it was off a of batting, either a batting interference or like something happened with either the pitch clock or the batting clock or something with that. And uh, fortunately, you know, the coach got tossed in the sixth inning. But I mean, just starting off in the Bobcats, they absolutely were on fire in the first few innings. Uh, Peyton Lewis, I mean, Peyton Lewis got a hit by hit by pitch. And then obviously Davis Powell with a home run to left, a two a two run home run that scored him and it scored Ben McClain as well. So, I mean, the Bobcats batting line just got hot and it got hot fast. And then all of a sudden, you know, UTSA starting to come back as well. But, I mean, what a phenomenal game this was. The I-35 rivalry that we always talk about. I mean, it's been known, it's been really known for football, but at this point, it's really been known for Texas State as a whole. And honestly, this was a really good win for uh for the Bobcats. They're currently now on a five-game winning streak, obviously beating Texas and Austin and then sweeping uh, Marshall Thundering Herd this past weekend and now beating a really good UTSA team. So, I mean, right now the momentum is on the Bobcats' side right now. Yeah, and last night I think their pitching was great. Zabel had his best start of the season. You know, he struck out a career-high five batters, and Bobcats also had zero errors during the game, and they came ready to hit, and they got a great win against UTSA. Yeah, I mean, this was a game I really wanted to see the Bobcats respond and win just because what happened last time, getting absolutely embarrassed by a UTSA team, be it that they are ranked and they weren't at that time. But um, this, this is a game that really just Texas State needed a reality check, and I think it kind of helped them, you know, turn their season around. And this is a game that, although be it, you know, UTSA, it is a ranked opponent, and these are quality wins, and these are wins that are going to help you um, advance in the postseason or at least get experience for the postseason. Um, but what we noticed from this game is that when Texas State gets hot, I mean, they can they can pull out a game, and especially against a direct opponent like UTSA. I mean, Augie Ramirez has just been absolutely insane, yeah. um, getting on base almost every game. And then Chase Moore is in such a good spot in the, in the uh, rotation right now that he's basically, every time he does get on base, be it, it might not be all the time, he's always scoring. And I think that's very crucial what this team's trying to do. I mean, once they can get on base, can they score? And, I mean, they're doing great right now. I mean, real quick, sorry, real quick, Thomas, both did you, both you and Taylor you and JP make a great point because, you know, the Bobcats pitching lineup went through five pitchers 
last night with Peyton Zabel, Jack Stroud, Nathan Madrano, Rhett McCafferty, and Cameron Bush. So obviously, really great job by Coach Stroud in China handling guys. And then on the batting side, we do talk about Chase Moore a lot, how you know he's only a freshman and he's doing all these things. But also to keep in note, and I really honestly didn't notice until we did the broadcasting this past weekend, is that Cam is that uh excuse me, Chase Moore was once a high school pitcher at one point. So to me, if he can kind of honestly get back his pitching flow, he might be a really dangerous player and could possibly be a really big-time utility player like how Shohei Otani is in the MLB, which I know we'll probably discuss a little bit later on in the show. But, I mean, he if he can – if somehow – I mean, he's already got the great bat speed and always has, always has great at-bats. But, I mean, if he can, you know – if if Coach Trout could possibly work him into him possibly pitching for a game, I mean, you might be talking about one of the best utility players in college in college baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I have to give my props and shout out to Coach Trout for the way that he's had these guys ready to battle night in and night out. Especially, you know, they played Texas UT um, in San Marcos last week. Yeah, and they lost this game, but they went right to Austin and took that game right from right from them. We were at that game, so yes, we, we saw how energetic and everything that that team was, how the bats, how the balls were just flying off the bat. And it was just, it was absolutely crazy. I'm glad you got to mention that the Texas State team was able to do it in Austin because Brant Freeman actually shouted out the team this morning saying that they were able to beat a Texas team that was 20-3 and at home and then a Mm -hmm. UTSA team that was 21-3 and at home. So Mm -hmm. this Texas State team's not only good at home, but able to, you know, take care of business in these big stages like San Antonio and Austin. Now, we're speaking about going on the road, which is exactly where the Texas State Bobcats will be coming up against a series against Troy in Alabama. I want to kind of talk about it. How important is it to get that first game on the road in a series like this? I mean, it's obviously important because, you know, if you look at the Bobcats at home, I mean, or on the road, it's actually kind of. Surprising, but not surprising. They're currently seven and seven on the road. So honestly, I think, yeah, really right at five hundred. So I think that was kind of shocking because last year they were absolutely outstanding on the road last year. But this year's kind of been a different story. So honestly, with this winning streak that the Bobcats do have this season, I think that will kind of transcend into going into Alabama this weekend as they take on the Troy Trojans. So, but I mean, it's going to be an interesting series. You know, got Levi Wells and obviously Tony Roby going for your Friday Saturday starting pitchers. Who Levi Wells, you know, pitched an absolute perfect gem on this uh this past friday against marshall having 13 strikeouts on the game so i mean uh he you know i could talk more and more about this but to me i think they're on a really high winning streak and you know bobcats could possibly take a sweep but i mean it's going to be tough playing on the road I mean, this is a a good Troy team. This is a Troy team that's kind of having similar season to Texas State at this point. I mean, it kind of shows in record, albeit they don't have any ranked wins like Texas State has. But they started off this season hot. I mean, they were 8-0. So, I mean, you talked about how crucial it is to get the first win. I mean, this is a team that has shown that, you know, they can get hot and that they can put together wins. So it's going to be very important to get the first one, you know, say like, hey, we're Texas State. You know, we're a very quality team. Can, you know, uh, so, you know, bring your best brand of baseball and I think that's something that'll be crucial going to that first game is what Texas State shows up that day and what Troy team shows up that day and speaking about winning games on the road in a series we are in the NBA playoffs as we stated in the beginning of the broadcast I kind of want to go off into let's talk about the Bucks and the Heat first because the Heat were able to steal that game one against the Bucks on the road albeit with the injury to Giannis Adekakumbo that lower back contusion I mean did you guys watch that game I did. I did. It was um, 
it was interesting because you know we talked about we honestly sleep on the Bucks a lot because we always talk about the Western Conference a lot, which I know we'll get into in just a second. But if you look at the East, it's honestly pretty much match set because honestly, I had Miami going into the play and I had them winning and being the eight seed. But to me, against Milwaukee, I had Milwaukee maybe giving them five or six games. But with the the back contusion to Giannis, I don't know what that's going to do because. Like I've talked about on this show before, back injuries are not something you want to really mess around with, especially if it's down your lower back, because that's where most of your most of your strength is. But I mean, I don't know. This series now is to me, it's now an eye, an eye opener now, because obviously Miami's up one to, one to nothing in the series. And, you know, Milwaukee's still at home. So I, I this is going to be a real interesting task. But honestly, if you're looking for someone to possibly step up, I think uh, Chris Middleton is the guy that needs to step up in this in this series. Yeah, obviously it's tough not being able to have Giannis there, but we did see in the regular season the Bucks did play like 20 games without Giannis, and they did all right without him, but I do think Chris Middleton will be really important. But the Miami Heat are a tough number eight seed. They're dangerous, and, you know, Jimmy Butler went off. Obviously Tyler Hero has a broken hand, but I think the next game will be good. Yeah, I mean, the biggest concern being Giannis, and I'm actually looking at, you know, some news trying to figure out if uh, what his status is for the game, and it seems that it's doubtful. He didn't even get to the chance to practice today in warm-ups and stuff like that, so I don't think they're going to get him tonight, and I think this is really, I mean, you mentioned an eye-opener for the, the Heat team. I mean, this is a team full of great role players, and they got a great leader in Jimmy Butler, and I really think this is a team that has admirations to go very far. I mean, I know they're in the eighth spot, but they're not playing like an eight seed right now. I mean, beating a team that is absolutely dominant with Giannis at the helm um but yeah I think this is a heat team that could make an Eastern Conference Finals if they can prove that they can beat a Bucks team early yeah both these teams here we got to remember when the Bucks pl- faced off against the Phoenix Suns Chris Middleton was actually being talked about as a potential finals MVP candidate mm-hmm. over Giannis at one point yeah. the way that he performed in the playoffs all playoffs long that year in 2021 just being able to hit clutch shots in different situations it's a kind of a little bit different with him coming off an injury but who knows maybe he'll be able to make some of that magic come right back up. But you talk about it from the Heat's end, Heat's point of view. We have to remember, this is the same Heat team that was just in the finals not too long ago. Yep, the bubble, the bubble year. In 2020 with yeah. Jimmy Butler. It's still the same core, more or less. Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo. I know we talk about Tyler Hero, Taylor with the broken hand and everything. But you have, you brought in Kyle Lowry last year, and mm-hmm. he's kind of preserved, I want to say preserved himself <laughs> for the playoffs there. He had a 33-point outing, I yeah. mean, in the playing game, so he could still be a serviceable player. So like you said, Kobe, this can be an absolute coin toss for whoever can win this game, especially if Giannis is sitting. But looking over on the other, the actual victorious team from the 2020 year, the Los Angeles Lakers, my team, oh L.A. stand up. <laughs> the Lakers were able to take game one on the road against Memphis, against the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, Anthony Davis, my goodness. I know y'all saw complete domination from him. Well, tell me, what do you think about this Lakers team so far in the playoffs from this first game? I was actually, not only was I impressed with Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, oh my goodness, he surprised me in that game so much. He just went off, you know, you heard him say, I'm that guy after he made that basket. And I think, I think he played really well. I like him a lot. I'm not going to lie. 
I mean, I think this next game is going to be, uh, you know, it'll show what this Lakers team really is. Not saying that they can't totally replicate what what they had last game, but I mean, Roy Hachimura is going to have to play, you know, exactly how he did last game for this team to, you know, have success. And Austin Reeves, be it he's a role player, he's going to have to have the same sort of success too. I mean, we, the last game we didn't even have LeBron carrying this team or AD carrying this team. I feel like it was more of these role players getting action, and I I love to see it. But again, you're going to have to repeat that to you know really prove to me that this team is capable of beating this Memphis team. And I think a big, I mean, kind of like that Memphis or that Heat uh, series, it's going to be crucial to see how their star player come back. Is is Jaw going to be playing in this game against them? So that'll be a, a big coin toss for this series as well. If, if Jaw's actually playing. Yeah, and you kind of talked about uh, Austin Reeves also. And also a little bit of a big shout-out to D'Angelo Russell as well. I mean, yes. you know, just thinking about him and his career. I love D'Angelo Russell. I think he's one of my – he's my favorite players to watch because, you know, the South Ball, who's got an amazing jumper, has been all over the league. And, you know, if it, you know, eventually he was a Laker at one point. So, honestly, him being back on the Lakers to me means a lot. But, I mean, just going off of the series, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the at this point now, I think the Lakers would probably have the series because, honestly, I think – to me, to me, I think Jaws really the only utility player on this Grizzlies team. I know we talk about Jaron Jackson and obviously Dylan Brooks. Defensive player of the year. The, yeah, Jackson. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's going to be close, but to me, if you're because obviously the Lakers stole one in in Memphis, so that, obviously that's a big moment for them heading it back into uh, into L.A. once Game Two is over with. But to me, I think Memphis will bounce back in Game Two. Just going to L.A. is honestly going to be crucial and key for the rest of the series. Yeah, and I mean, as a Lakers fan, I hope we can pull it off. But it will be difficult, especially for a team that is greatly coached by Taylor Jenkins. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have, or they have other guys, Jaron Jackson Jr. Dylan Brooks is still a, still a menace <laughs> to society. And you kind of, I think back to that series, or not the series, but the game Memphis versus Golden State. Now, that's why I want to get into Golden yes. State. I know Taylor's looking at me. She's a huge Golden State fan. Golden State actually lost. They're now down 0-2 oh, to the Kings. beautiful. Yes. Taylor, oh, what, what's on your mind right now about this Warriors team? How can you? Obviously, tough predicament for the Warriors. And now we're going to go to Game 3 without Draymond obviously being suspended. Um, I'm not going to count the Warriors out, though. I'll never count Steph and Clay out. But I think they really, really, really are going to have to work hard. And, you know, the, the Warriors are going to need a facilitator this game. You know, Draymond's usually the one with the most assists, him and Curry usually. So they need someone to come off the bench that's going to replace what he does. You know, obviously we have Looney, but... He can play like 20 minutes a game. He's not a guy that can get a lot of minutes. But um, I'm just more concerned about how the Warriors are going to stop De'Aaron Fox. He has been lethal and, you know, clutch making everything clutch player right there. Him and Malik Monk, those two Kentucky boys. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to burst your bubble a lot, Taylor, because I know we were kind of talking before we went on air. And let me just say this warms my heart because I had the Kings winning this series dom dominantly and so far it's living up to that but i i also told people at the same time don't sleep on the kings this season because you know they're young they're brash they they move the ball they're quick they're fast i mean these past two games they have literally shown that they can keep up with the defending champions and people forget about that that the warriors are the defending champions in this and they're only a six seed so honestly that really opens an eyeball for a lot of people the Kings, to me, have the much more better advantage. And to think, both of these teams are in California. So, honestly, it is an easy trip from, obviously, from San Fran to Sacramento. So, obviously, it's an easy Only an hour. Oh, yeah, roughly about an hour. So, honestly, both of these teams have a great 
a you know great role in this in these playoffs. But to me, honestly, I can't hate on Sacramento because Sacramento's just to me just too quick. And to think, I actually kind of found out about this is that Malik Monk and Darren Fox are actually have different numbers from what they wore in college because they both wore um opposite numbers from what they're wearing now. So I thought I found that really interesting after yeah. after the ball game. But to me, it's going to be close. I think the Warriors will bounce back and take game three. But to me, I think Sacramento will take one game in uh, in Golden State. So you're saying the series will be done in five, basically? I would. I wouldn't say five. Maybe five. Maybe six. Maybe maybe six. Maybe six. Yeah. I mean, in my head, just from knowing what the past and like what this Warriors team has done, I think this easily goes, you know, two two in a in a snap of a finger. Um, but one thing I will say, and I'm not not to scare you, Taylor, but I saw some statistic, <laughs> and I think they're zero and seven or zero and nine went down two zero. So oh this gosh. is not this is not very. Uh, familiar ground with them because they've been so dominant in the past. Um, I think one thing to highlight is how hard it is out there for Steph Curry at the moment. Oh, I mean, sure. albeit he had 28 points last game, I mean, it didn't look comfortable. It didn't look like he was having a great time. It doesn't look like the old <laughs> Steph Curry we were watching, you know, when we were kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, Darren Fox. I think he's a guy who... If, if the Warriors catch him on a day where he goes cold, I mean, this is going to be a landslide game. Um, I, I mean, him and DeMontis Sabonis are really the highlight of that team. And I love how they have a lot of role players. It kind of reminds me of the Spurs, how a lot of guys just have 10 points out there. No one has 30. And it's kind of beautiful to watch. But, I mean, I easily see the Warriors getting back in this, although the Kings have been dominant up to this point. And before we move on from basketball, I just want to see who's meeting in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals to y'all real quick around the table. Kobe. Oh God. I have, I had the Kings going all the way to the Western conference finals. Were they going to make it to finals? I don't know, but I'm still sticking with that. The Kings and then, um, Denver to the Western Kings conference. Kings and Denver. Yeah. Okay. JP. Um, right now it's either team, uh, the Suns or Clippers. So whichever team wins that series. And then the other one's a real toss up for me. I could easily see the Lakers getting into that spot. Um, shoot. Or the or the Nuggets, hopefully. I mean, I, I want to see, you know, Jokic actually prove that he's an MVP caliber player. 100%. Yeah, I would love to see the Suns. I'm a big Devin Booker fan, so that would be nice. But also you saying the Nuggets, you know, Aaron Gordon, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I went to the same high school as him in California. I've been watching him since he was in high school. So I would love to see him, you know, make it to a championship. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be a little biased here. I think we're going to have a Lakers versus Clippers Western Conference. Oh, okay. Up. And in the Eastern Conference, <sighs> it's really tough because, like you said, Kobe, it's it's really a toss-up for either team. Yeah. But I think Boston, that's a team that you can't sleep absolutely. on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Boston. And then I'm not sure how the bracket is set up, but if they'll be able to face Philadelphia, I don't know if they'll play each other in the semifinals, but if they don't, then they'll probably play each other in the conference finals for B. Now, the last thing I, I want to hit on, though, before we get out of here, is the MLB. We have to talk about the greatness. Of oh, do we have? Here. Do we have to talk about the MLB right now? We we have. Are you to. still petty about your Astros? I mean, they uh, eight and ten. Just, by the way, just just go, just go, just go. <laughs> those, go ahead. Those cheating Astros. <laughs> oh God, we're oh, okay. Look, as much. I mean, God forbid that 2017 year probably one of the best years of my life. At the same time, it was one of the worst because I will admit as Astros fan, we did cheat. I will <laughs> gladly admit that. I will I will literally I'm saying Take this the on, ring now. <laughs> Take it back. I'm literally saying this on the air. We did cheat. However, that 2022 ring will 
immediately erase what 2017 had because honestly this 2022 Astros team honestly you could could make an argument that was probably the te- one of the best teams in MLB in MLB history you can make a great argument for that but just this year I mean it's just not getting off to a great start obviously we do have injuries Lance McCullers is on the IR as well along with Jose Altuve as well who played in the World Baseball Classic but I mean and I hate to admit because the Rangers are currently sitting <laughs> number one, baby. Number the Texas one. Rangers, eleven and six, beating Kansas City twelve to two last night. I mean, I'm just so happy we've been garbage for all of my lifetime. So just I always start. I started as a Rangers fan. I mean, getting to watch them lose back to back was really heartbreaking, and it's good to see them in this position again. Uh, that hurt for me to say that. Ooh, that hurt for me to say that. Yeah, and I know you guys saw the Shohei Itani jerseys being hey, sold in New York. Sir. That is crazy. I mean, the two way dominance though it warrants that we i at least in my lifetime i haven't seen a player like him no being not in my lifetime two-way two mm-hmm. dominance excellence like that so i mean we are running out of time here i wish we had more so with even with our weather with our weather closing you can really look out the window to see what's going on here <laughs> it's cloudy it's gonna be cloudy it's probably gonna rain tonight it's texas it hey we we really don't know but Bring an umbrella if you're going to be going outside later on. We really enjoyed this show today. It was really fun. Did you guys Did you guys enjoy this show? Oh, absolutely. I did. Sure. Always. Absolutely. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it has to end, and that concludes today's episode of Bobcat Radio. If you enjoyed this broadcast and never want to skip a beat, make sure to keep up, keep up with us by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, watch, and or follow Texas State softball and baseball in their upcoming matchups. From Taylor Quinn... J.P. Flanagan and our producer, Kobe Jackson. I'm Thomas Terry reminding you to go outside, get some fresh air before it rains, and enjoy this beautiful day. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.